My name is Johnny Serdic, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Tom Schreiber. Snyder with scars. Now scores. Paul Rabel splits two and scores. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Kelly, not shy, bounces one home. What a start. Welcome to the Pro Lacrosse Talk podcast. I'm Hutton, he's Adam. Together we have all the latest news from all your favorite professional lacrosse leagues. Happy to have you guys back for another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. As usual, I, Hutton, am joined by my co-host, Adam. Adam, how are we today? I'm good, man. I think last time we talked, it was about 95 degrees outside. Today, it was a cool, like, 70, 75. So I'm, I'm enjoying myself with the windows open and ready to talk some lacrosse. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It was a hot one. Um, so hot, actually, that a few of these professional lacrosse games were canceled. So we'll get to that in a minute. A lot to do this podcast. Uh, we have, you know, the PLL All-Star Game, um, first ever and skills competition that we're going to talk about, um, as well as talking about the three MLL games, including a big upset. And then we'll give a little bit of a preview to the WPLL championship that's coming up this weekend. But let's dive into our fast break first. Adam, why don't you take us away? In a rematch on Saturday, the Blaze defeated the Cannons 15-12, to and the Lizards beat the Bayhawks 14-10. to On Sunday, we had a big one. The Rattlers upset the first-place Denver Outlaws for their first victory of the season, 11-8. to in the PLL All-Star Game, Team Baptiste, a.k.a. Team Speed, defeated Team Rambo 17-16. to And like we discussed a couple seconds ago with that heat, unfortunately the WPLL games uh, at Hofstra University were canceled uh, due to a heat index over 112. Those games actually didn't affect the standings, uh, so they ended up just canceling those. So, But that's the fast break for this week. Yep, no, then uh, to mention, you know, the Fire ended up going, you know, winless because they weren't able to play that game. So interesting that the Heat ends up taking out the Fire um, in the end. But, um, yeah, let's dive into our quick stick now. Uh, first, we'll start in the NLL. The Rochester Nighthawks revealed a new Army green and white uniform scheme. Um, you know, we kind of knew those were going to be their colors going into it, so they released some new uniforms. Uh, then the Denver Outlaws retired Matt Bocklet's number seven jersey. Bocklet is currently a defensive coordinator for the Outlaws. Um, he's a five-time All-Star with the Outlaws, three-time champion uh, during his 11-year Major League Lacrosse career. So it's nice to see him get some recognition from the Outlaws organization. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, uh, their current offensive coordinator is John Grant. So I think I don't, after this week they might use Matt Bocklet out there. Might have helped them, you know, against the Rattlers team this weekend. So we'll discuss that a little bit later. But some big transactions also uh, for the MLL. Not as major, the Blaze traded Timmy Monahan to the Dallas Rathers for short stick defensive mini Drew Shantz. They also picked up Mark Matthews, who was on the Lizards earlier this season. Um, so he is reunited with the team that he played for in 2016-2017. Definitely going to like to see him on that attack group. Uh, we're not sure how many reps he'll get considering how he didn't play too much when he was on the Lizards. But um, definitely another threat. Uh, added onto that Blaze offense that's been lights out so far this season. And now to the PLL. We had our trade deadline on Monday, and it looked like we weren't going to get any big trades because the 4 p.m. deadline came and went, um, but it was announced later that night that the Redwoods had traded Joey Sankey to the Archers for Jerry Raganese and a 2024th round pick. So Sankey going to the Archers and joining his uh, UNC teammate Marcus Holman on attack, and then the Redwoods pick up a face-off guy in Jerry Raganese after it was announced that Greg Rylanian had re-injured his hamstring during the All-Star game. So they desperately needed a face-off guy. Uh, they got it right before the end of the trade deadline. Tell me a little bit about this move and what, what you saw out of it, Adam. It, it 
it's a big one. I'm really excited about the opportunity that Joey Sankey will have um, with the archers going forward. You know, we, we chatted last week. He'd be a good candidate for a new change of pace, change of venue, and I think he'll get it when it comes to the archers. I'm excited to see him being reunited with Marcus Holman since their time at UNC, um, and we'll see if he has a better connection than maybe Kevin Rice did with the archers. So I'm excited for, for both sides. This is kind of one of those trades where you look at both sides um, filling a, a spot of position of need, um, and I'm excited to see kind of who comes out on top with this one. Yeah, I'm also excited you know, to see Sankey and Holman back together. Obviously, we talked about how the Redwoods haven't really had that much room uh, to reinsert Sankey into the lineup given um, you know, the emergence of Ryder Garnsey, uh, the trade for Jules Henningberg and Wes Berg. So it's nice sure. to see that he has a, a, you know, a place that he can actually uh, continue to thrive like he did earlier in the season. Um, and, you know, it's also big that the Redwoods picked up Jerry Raganese. You yeah. know, he's a fellow face-off academy guy, uh, so him and Greg Renelian, um, you know, run the face-off academy. So it's funny that they replaced the face-off academy guy with another face-off academy guy. Sure. So they're getting, you know, the best in the business. Overall, I think a win for both teams, um, and we'll see how the moves play out going forward in the season. But that concludes our quick stick, and going off of that, let's discuss the PLL All-Star Game and Skills Competition that happened this past Sunday. Uh, first, I kind of want to just talk about, you know, there's some good, some bad, and some ugly for me for this PLL All-Star Game. Um, a lot of it was good, though. Uh, I loved how the jerseys had the Instagram handles on the back of the jerseys. That, I thought, was a really cool move. Um, I, I think we'll see maybe some other pro sports teams adopt, you know, social media handles going on the back of jerseys, you know, for some different skills competitions or all-star game uh, events like this. The um, Philadelphia Wings, the, the previous version of the Wings, um, a couple years back actually were the first team in professional sports history to have their handles on the back. So keep it in a lacrosse family, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it shows that, you know, lacrosse, even as not high-profiled as some of the other sports, is, you know, really making some waves, um, you know, and, and being innovative, which we always love to see. And then going off of that, you know, uh, the PLL also honored Team USA. They were celebrating the one-year anniversary of their world championship in Israel last year. And earlier this week, we talked with Tom Schreiber, who had the game-winning goal in that game with just a second left to spare. So... If you're interested in hearing more from Tom Schreiber about the USA victory, uh, you can listen to episode 8 of our podcast that came out earlier this week. But I thought that was a nice gesture that the PLO had. Um, but tell me a little bit about some of these goals that we saw on Sunday, Adam. I mean, we saw pretty much everything you could see. Which was your favorite from this weekend? I, I, I have to say the Paul Rabel goal that was hitting Twitter pretty hard and was on SportsCenter Top 10 was probably my favorite. That was the goal that I said this is going to stop everyone in their tracks just because of the absurdity of him taking it down the field and doing that behind the back pass. It's just something super unique that you don't see in a game every day. Um, and I, that, that was definitely my favorite goal uh, of, of, the, of the day. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how he wrapped it around his body like that. Um, just some gypsy magic out practice, of Paul Rabel. Yeah, and kudos to you know Will Manny for finishing that goal. Uh, otherwise, you know we, we would have been still in awe of that tremendous pass. But um, he kind of put the icing on the top of the cake there and got them actually on Sports Center's top ten. But I have to go with uh, Matt Rambo's tribute to the Airgate goal. I mean, I don't know how he pulled this off. For lack of a better term, Matt Rambo's a pretty stocky guy. Um, you know, he he's not like a tall, lanky guy like Gary Gate was. But to you know pull off the Airgate in a game 
with Gary Gate watching on the sideline, I think was you know a, a great play, and uh, that was one of my favorite of the day. Some great plays all around. I mean, you had the th- first three goals from Team Baptiste were long pole goals, including a two-point bomb from Jared Newman, who I don't think scores anything but two-point bombs from this point. That was from like 18 yards out. Um, he can score from anywhere. People will get injured if he shoots from any closer, I think. I think so, too, because he ended up winning the fastest shot competition with 115 miles per hour. Um, We'll touch on that a little bit later, but um, another one of our boys that you particularly probably were excited to see had two goals and assists and was actually leading the scoring at one point in the game. Um, Blaze Reardon came out of net during the third quarter, uh, played some attack, and had two goals and assists. Um, So the PLL pulled out all the stops uh, for this one, and it was a really fun one to watch. Um, So that that had to be all the good stuff that I saw from this game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Liz Hogan, former guest, was right when it came to who would be scoring that first goal. So shout-out to Liz. Yep, shout-out to Liz for predicting it, but that will not count as the first goalie scoring uh, in professional lacrosse this year. We are going to still keep that bet alive. because Blaze did use a short stick. So we're hoping that we still see another goal either from Reardon, you know, taking it all the way coast to coast from the cage, or uh, even Liz Hogan pulling it off in the WPOL. So that is still very much alive right now. But let's get into the bad that I, I kind of saw. Um, you know, you can let me know how you feel too, Adam, but I was not a fan of the tie dye jersey. Oh, um, man, killing me. They didn't do it for me, you know. They just they seem kind of juvenile. Um, you know, it's definitely an interesting look. Uh, you know, I appreciate them from go, going bold, and I know a lot of people like them, um, especially being the LA. You know, they wanted to go with the, kind of the the Hollywood, uh, you know, casual beach theme. But uh, I, I wasn't a fan. I don't know how you felt about them, Adam. That's okay. Yeah, I I, I didn't mind them to be honest with you. But I think not only with the All Star Game, but kind of all season long, the genius behind the jerseys for the the PLL have been the ability for fans to wear those jerseys. And, you know, I think a lot of times lacrosse jerseys are, are kind of bulky and, and the PLL went a different route. Uh, and you see a lot of fans wearing those jerseys. And I, I went on the PLL website and all the tie-dye jerseys in most sizes are sold out. So the, I, I, despite you not liking them, I think uh, from a fan perspective, they, they were pretty popular and they're selling like hotcakes online. So... Adam's a fan of the tie-dye. I am not. Um, I know RJ Kaminsky of the PLL did actually tweet at me and say uh, I should try it out. It might be a good look for me. And I, I you know, I told him I, I don't think anything's going to save my lack of fashion sense. You're so. a clean-cut guy, huh? Stay uh, in your lane. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll stay in my lane on that one. But uh, like Adam said, uh, you know, they, they went bold, um, and they went bold with some of the rules uh, that were implemented. Um, you know, and this is where I, I come into the ugly, but you know, with with an asterisk here. Um, they tried the goalie starting with the ball after a goal is scored in the second quarter, and then the hockey faceoffs in the third quarter. And before anyone gets you know outraged about this, I know there's a lot of there was a big storm on social media. I thought this was a fun experiment by the PLO. Um, you know, we've obviously heard in the past uh, eliminating the faceoff other than at the beginning of quarters and just having goalies take it out kind of a la basketball style. Um, we've never really heard of the hockey-style face-offs coming into play, so that was another unique thing that they did. Um, but to me, this was just, you know, um, a fun little experiment by the PLO. Uh, the play on the field was kind of ugly, you know, with the, the hockey face-offs. You didn't really get the sense that they were taking it seriously at that point. And the way they implemented the goalies taking the ball and that following a goal um, would have been fine, but 
they seemed like they waited way too long to restart the whistle. And I thought the whole point was, you know, to keep the pace of play going rather than, you know, stopping and lining up. So I thought that was just handled poorly. It wasn't that bad of an idea, but the implementation was kind of off. Um, so nothing for anyone to get too upset about. You know, it was a, a cool idea for them to try. I just didn't think it, you know, really translated well to the field. Uh, but anybody who was outraged by this needs to take a chill pill because there's no way they're going to let their stars like Trevor Baptiste, Connor Farrell, and Gregor Henlian um, go without jobs in the future. So uh, I think they were just trying a fun thing. It kind of got people's talking, which, you know, the PLL has been known to try to do, which is great. Um, so that to me is just something I hope isn't implemented officially in the game. But, um, you know, it was fun for the All-Star game. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, it was – this is the – space that you try those types of things right there there's nothing on the line other than pride when it comes to who wins this game so this is the opportunity to kind of try some new things and see how it works out so i was completely fine with them trying it i'm i'm okay with them kind of leaving it at the all-star game in los angeles but it, it was a good attempt at least yeah no definitely um but let's go into our skills competition i thought this was a lot of fun um you know i thought they did a great job with it they were really creative and not only the challenges that they had, but also, you know, the people that participated. Typically in the past skills competitions, you only saw offensive players take the fastest shot. And in this one, we had, you know, a mix between defenders, attackmen, middies, and also even a goalie in Blaze Reardon. But uh, you had Jared Newman with the fastest shot with at 115 miles per hour. His shots are unreal. I mean, he's been clocked at around that in a game prior, so that was no surprise to me. He just edged out Connor Buschek. Um, some other challenges... Uh, Dan Epp won the fastest player, uh, which I thought was cool because not only did they have him just do, you know, line up, do like a 40-yard dash style, they actually had him run with the lacrosse stick. So I think that was kind of a, a unique way to do that. All coaches were very appreciative that uh, they were forced to run with their, their stick, I think. Yeah, no, that's definitely uh, was what I remember, youth-style lacrosse. Um, so they kind of went went the lacrosse route with that, which I thought was nice. Um, and then in the freestyle competition, you had Justin Gutterding, ended up winning. Um, I was really hoping that Ryder Garnsey would win. He tried the, the two sticks um, goal from behind the cage, which I thought yeah. was cool. Uh, Ryan Drenner had some nice goals from behind the cage as well. Um, a lot of creativity from those guys. Um, and then you had the accuracy challenge. Marcus Holman would win that. That I think they could have done a little bit more with. They just had him line up in front of the cage and uh, hit some clay targets. I would have liked to see maybe um, them shoot, try shooting from different angles. Um, you know, but overall, you know, it was pretty standard and, and a pretty, you know, fun event. Um, and then let's get to the goalie challenge, probably your favorite, Adam. Uh, Tim Troutner came up big um, and ended up winning that. Uh, talk, talk to me a little bit what you saw from these competitions, though. The, the goalie competition was obviously my favorite for, for good reason. Man, this is literally my dream would be to stand in front of the best players in the world and just get ripped on. Uh, Timmy Troutner stood tall, made the most saves uh, in the event, and this this was like the drill I remember when goalies when we were younger. This would make or break you. You either knew you liked to play goalie when you when this drill came up in practice, or you knew you weren't meant to be in cage. And uh, I think I texted you. I'd pay. I would have paid some good money to to stand in front of some of those shots. So uh, shout out to Timmy Troutner, another rookie killing it. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, overall, a great skills competition and a great uh, first All-Star weekend for the PLL. At this point, let's hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll uh, dive back into these MLL games this past weekend.
All right, welcome back. Uh, now it's time to you know, dive into some of these MLL games. Uh, we had you know, some good matchups all across the board, and including a big upset. But uh, let's start out with the Blaze Cannons game. What did you see from this game that you really liked the most, Adam? Yeah, it was a, a nice bounce-back victory to avenge last week's loss against the Cannons. Another close one. Uh, Cannons jumped out early to a 4 nothing lead. Uh, we're up 5-2 uh, at the end of one. Then the Blaze bounced back after that for their own 5-2 second quarter uh, to keep things knotted up at 7 after after the first half. Then they came out again in the third quarter with another five goals. So they, they were pretty consistent on the day when it came to the Blaze in, in a lot of different areas. Uh, three goals in that third quarter coming from Tommy Palasek and another one to, to end it from Shane Jackson. So really strong game, especially from Randy Stotts, who broke the, the ATL single game assist record with six on the day. From the face-off X, Alex Woodall had a really strong game with 19 wins from the X and actually now holds uh, another record uh, with the Blaze with 78 ground balls, which is pretty incredible considering halfway through the season he already has their GB record, which is pretty remarkable. But on the other side for the Cannons, Nick Morocco had a really strong game in cage despite the loss, had 21 saves, so a really strong effort from him. So really great game all around. Back and forth, I'm looking forward to see uh, the next time these two face off against one another. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I really think the Blazers are scary. I mean, we talked about how it was disappointing for them to drop two games last week, and, you know, they came out um, firing all cylinders uh, in this game against the Cannons. Finally able to put together a solid defensive game because, you know, we know they can score. Um, now they have the addition of Mark Matthews is another big plus for them. But, you know, being able to lock it down on defense and, hold the cans to 12 points uh, was big in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I know we're talking about this game, but I'm really excited to see uh, what Mark Matthews can do uh, rejoining uh, the Blades. You know, I think he had a really strong couple seasons with them prior. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do for them. And, you know, I think he gets off a squad where he wasn't seeing much playing time um, with the Lizards, and I think change of scenery will do him good. You know, definitely. And uh, going off of that, we had our rivalry game between the Lizards and the Bayhawks. Uh, we knew this one was going to be close. We actually both picked the Lizards, and we were both on point with this one. Um, I know I, I said last week the key would be uh, for the Lizards' defense to come out strong against Lyle Thompson. You know, that's always the goal in this game is not whether you can prevent Lyle from scoring, but how little he actually does score. And uh, we had our boy Ben Randall um, shut him down and hold him to just two goals and one assist on the day. Um, and I said, you know, that's what I thought was going to be where the game was won, and that's where they ended up winning, um, you know, on the defensive side. So the Lizards end up beating the Bayhawks 14-10 to uh, in the first of a three-game series uh, where they play each other. That was big for them to get the win in Annapolis. Um, and, you know, it's going to be an interesting next two games. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's, it's crazy to think how we were talking about how those top four seeds are are pretty much locked up already, but I mean, if you look at the standings right now, it's it it's pretty close going from from one to five. I know the the next game we'll talk about the rats are are kind of at the bottom of the barrel, but uh, they got their victory this week. So who knows what happens with half a season of lacrosse left? The lizards too just seem to be getting um, guys to really step up uh, when they need it. You know, Justin Ray had a hat trick on the day. Ryan Walsh had three goals and an assist. Like we said about Ben Randall on defense playing really well, he actually had a goal in this game as well, which made our top plays uh, a nice underhand rip. So, you know, they're kind of getting that production all across. Uh, it's not just Pinnell. You know, he scored a hat-trick in this game. 
Um, and Dylan Malloy also had a goal and two assists. You know, they're, those big guys are still coming to play, but um, they're really playing as a team, which is why I think they were struggling so early on. But going off of that, another team, you know, came out and put together a full game plan was the Rattlers. Tell me a little bit about this game. Man, Rats 11, Outlaws 8. On the least likely of days that people would have expected to win, shouldn't we have saw it coming? I mean, it, it, everything that you would expect we talked about last week, they're playing away. They're playing the number one team who hasn't lost a home game yet. I mean, everything was kind of against all odds for them, and, and they came out with the victory. Uh, Sean Scannoni, rookie, undrafted free agent that they signed, made 20 saves on 28 shots, huge in, in between the pipes for them. Um, it's pretty crazy to think that he went undrafted, considering he was the goalie of the year uh, in the NCAA last year for UMass, had the best save percentage in the entire country. So it's not surprising that he came out. Uh, and had such a strong game, but it is a pretty fantastic start to your professional career for a guy like Scannoni. He held them to the outlaws to their lowest uh, scoring game all season with eight. It actually was the lowest scoring game for the entire season for the MLL. Um, no game had under 20 goals, so um, this was uh, this was a big one for the Rats. And uh, their two All Stars came up big. Bryce Wasserman and Jack Curran both had three points on the day, and. The, the big turning point, obviously, in this one was the fourth quarter. And going into the fourth, it was tied 7-7. The Rats didn't score any goals in the third quarter. And you kind of thought to yourself, was this a, just another game where they were going to kind of lose it? And, and it wasn't the case. And they kind of flipped um, the script and, and came out with a big fourth quarter, outscoring uh, Denver 4-1 to to, to kind of wrap up their first victory of the season, which great for them. You know, they've... They, it's tough. I didn't want to see them go defeated on the season, so I'm, I'm really excited to see not only a goalie play well, but the whole team as, as a whole. Another thing that, you know, was key was, like we talked about them on defense, I mean, Zach Courier didn't have any points. Um, Ryan Lee ended up having four points off of a, a regular goal, a two-pointer, and then an assist. And John Grant Jr. also had a goal and two assists. Um, but, you know, other than that, they really kept these guys in check. Um, and unfortunately, I think the Outlaws really missed... Uh, as Landon being out. We're not sure why he didn't play in the game. Um, he wasn't on an injury report anywhere, but he did not play in this game. And so I think not having him um, in this game kind of, you know, hurt them as well since he's been, you know, having a great rookie season. Um, but, you know, kudos to the Rattlers for, you know, getting it done uh, on the road. And hopefully they put together some other wins going forward. Agreed. Yeah, so another uh, great weekend of MLL lacrosse. Um, we're going to Dive in now to our game picks, but before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, it's Hutton. I want to thank you for listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. One of our sponsors today is Simply Oils with Laura. Simply Oils with Laura sells an array of essential oil products, but essential oils aren't just for making your house smell good. As an athlete, I actually use essential oils such as Breathe and Past Tense when I'm working out. Breathe helps open up my airways, Past Tense alleviates any stress that I may have, and I even use a blend called Deep Blue to alleviate muscle soreness. If you're interested in learning more about essential oils and how they can aid in your workout regimen, please visit my.doterra.com slash Laura Jackson. That's my.doterra.com slash Laura Jackson. All right, welcome back. Uh, the only league we haven't touched on so far is the WPLL. Um, so let's start off with our WPL game picks with uh, it being championship weekend coming up this weekend. Adam, you 
went two and two last week. I went three and one. So now you are sitting at fifteen and sixteen. Um, I'm sitting at eighteen and thirteen. So we're still kind of neck and neck here. Um, maybe we'll get yeah. some diversity in our picks this weekend, and um, that might you know lead to you either coming within a little bit closer of me, or I might end up extending my lead. So uh, let's start with the WPLL and the number one seed fight versus the four seed command. Who do you have winning? As much as I love how the command play, um, one of the toughest games all season that the fight actually played was against the command. Um, but I, I can't go against Megan Taylor. Can't go against Taylor Cummings. Got to pick the fight in this one. They're just the best team in the league, bar none. Yeah, no, I'm going with the fight as well. I mean, they're 3-0 and uh, on the season. Um, they have a lot of offensive firepower that you mentioned, you know, with Taylor Cummings and Kylie Miller, uh, who we had on episode 5 of our podcast. Um, so be sure to check that out if you haven't already. I think it's going to be close, though. I, I definitely think, you know, Kenzie Kent is going to get her command team to kind of play. I look to her having a big day, but uh, ultimately I think the fight also get it done in advance to the championship. And then for the number two and number three seeds, we have the Brave versus the Pride. Uh, Adam, who are you picking in this game? This is an interesting one, considering neither team has played one another yet this season, so we don't really have too much to go off of. Um, both teams played really well uh, last week when I saw them at uh, Loyola. Um, this is going to be a tough competition with, with Liz Hogan and Nett for the Pride, and they're, they're, they're really evenly matched in, in a variety of areas, whether it's on defense or on offense. Uh, I think I'm going to take the pride in this one. I really like, you know, Haley Majorana on the pride. I, I think she might have another two-point goal in this one. And obviously, you know, we, we interviewed Liz Hogan, and she's been a stalwart in net. But I, I, I think I'm going to go with the Brave on this one. I think this Dempsey Arsenal-led offense uh, has too much firepower. She leads the league with 13 points um, and has seven goals, six assists on the season. Uh, Dana Doby has uh, eight goals on the season and an assist round out for nine points. Um, and Marie McCool also with eight goals, three assists for 11 points. So, you know, between those three, um, I just think it's going to be tough uh, for the pride to slow them down. Those girls are going to get on the scoreboard um, at some point during the game. So uh, just because of their high-powered offense, I'm going to go with the Brave in this one. Yeah, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. This one's kind of a toss-up, and I think... The two major spots where this one's going to come into play, obviously, um, in cage and also at the draw control X. Marie McCool has had such a strong year for the Brave. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how the Pride do at the X. So this this will be the, one of the the ones that'll kind of make or break both of us when it comes to these picks. On okay, so Adam, uh, you have the fight advancing uh, to play the Pride. I have the fight advancing to play the Brave. Uh, who's your overall WPL winner this season that you're picking? I'm going with fight, without a doubt. All right, I'm going to go on the upset alert. I'm going to pick the okay. Brave. Um, this game's going to be high scoring. Wouldn't surprise me if uh, each team scores more than you know 15 goals uh, in this one. Um, I expect to see maybe one or two two-pointers, uh, but I'm going to go with the Brave in this one just because of the reasons I mentioned earlier with the, that offense. Um, I know the fight have the offense to match it, but... Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling a brave uh, victory this year after you know falling in the WPLL championship last year. All right, so that's our WPL game picks. So let's go to the PLL now. Um, they will be playing in Denver at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Uh, on Saturday, you have the doubleheader. Uh, the first game of the doubleheader will be the Redwoods taking on the Atlas. Um, I'll pick first for this one. I think the Redwoods are going to come out. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one. Um, I know you know you got Jack and Cannon in cage. 
He had a great game in the All-Star game, so I think he's going to continue that success um, into the second half of the season. But I think the Redwoods just have too much firepower on offense. Um, you know, I, I think they'll get it done. Um, and we can't overlook how great that defense has been. When they went out without a face-off guy, they were causing turnovers all over the field, you know, with um, Garrett Eppel and John Sexton. I think the Redwoods defense get it done and, you know, pull out a victory in a high-scoring affair. I'm going to lean the other way and go with the Atlas. You know, you talked about all-star MVP, Jack Kincannon and Cage. I think it was a big move for a uh, team camaraderie that Trevor Baptiste snagged his own goalie uh, for this game. You saw Paul Rabel in the All-Star game come into into form. I think they're peaking at the right time. Maybe it was just in the All-Star game, and, and I'm taking that one uh, a little bit too far. But I'm going to take the Atlas in this one and see see what happens going forward with them. All right, it'll be an interesting uh, matchup for sure. Um, and then following that game, we have my most anticipated matchup between the Chaos and the Whip Snakes. In this one... I really like the chaos. I've been waiting for this one since the beginning of the season. The Whipsakes handed the chaos their first loss in overtime, and I just think the chaos offense since then has been lights out. I think the chaos get it done against the Whipsnakes and hand the Whipsnakes their second loss of the season. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you in this one. I think it's going to be another close battle, just like almost every game in the PLL this year, but I think the chaos are going to pull this one out. All right, so then that brings us to the final game of the Denver weekend, which will be the Archers playing the Chrome on Sunday. Um, I'm going to take Archers in this one. I don't know if it's because, you know, talking to Tom Schreiber, I think they're committed and focused. I think the Archers are going to get it done against the Chrome, um, despite the Chrome, you know, looking good headed into the All-Star break. Yeah, this one, I'm, I'm, this is probably my most anticipated game of the weekend. You have two teams kind of going in different directions, despite... The, the chrome there at the bottom, they're on the upswing, and up until now, it's downswing for the archers, so I'll take archers as well. All right, so you heard that, Coach Stars, uh, get that lawnmower ready. You might be mowing it again this weekend. If they lose, I'll take it this time. All right, and then finally, we'll wrap up with our MLL All-Star game. Uh, we have Team Ice versus Team Fire. Uh, Team Ice being led by Lyle Thompson, and then Team Fire led by Rob Pinnell. Uh, who are you picking in this game, Adam? You know what? I'm solely basing this one off of my disappointment that they killed the Night King off too fast in Game of Thrones. I'm going with Ice. All right, well, you know, um, it was the dragon that ended up putting everything to rest by melting the Iron Throne. So I'm going to go with Team Fire and Rob Pinnell on this one. Um, and then going off of that, uh, we want to just mention, too, that we will actually have our videographer, Thomas Walton, there um, filming for us. So he's actually going to have some cool highlights of the festivities as well as the game itself, um, and maybe some exclusive interviews from some players um, from that weekend. So definitely looking forward to the ML All-Star game this weekend um, and a lot of great content to come out of that. So keep a look out on our social channels this week. So uh, that concludes our podcast. Please, guys, if you enjoyed listening to us, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, leave us a review. Um, I mentioned on Monday... Uh, with our Tom Schreiber podcast that we will ha be having a giveaway this week. So anyone who reviews us, follows us on Twitter and Instagram, and leaves their handle on the end of the review will be entered in to win a Pro Lacrosse Talk hat, which is a $25 value. So please subscribe uh, and you know let us know uh, your feedback. Leave a five-star review with your handle and give yourself a chance to win that hat. Um, so with that being said, Adam, it's overtime. What are you looking forward to most this weekend? It, it's an exciting week of lacrosse. We finally have every league back in action and um, in one facet or another. 
But I'm going to have to go with the league that's finishing out their season with the WPLL. We have two really strong semifinal games like we discussed, and I think they're going to sell out in Sparks at the U.S. Lacrosse Center. Um, I think they're going to have a great crowd for, for a great championship game there. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, I'm going to go on the MLL All-Star game. It was kind of a toss-up between that and the return of normal play with the PLL, but I'm just excited that we're going to have uh, one of our guys out there getting a lot of great content yep. for you guys um, and some exclusive on-camera interviews with some players. So kind of seeing how the MLL All-Star game differs from the PLL All-Star game and, you know, again, seeing some of the best players in the world uh, you know, really take it to each other. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, let us know what you guys are looking forward to the most, uh, whether it's tweeting at us or, or um, commenting on any of our posts. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Um, but that wraps up Episode 9. Thank you guys for listening, and we hope you tune in next week to Pro Lacrosse Talk.